LSU men's basketball hosts arch rival Arizona tonight in Tempe. Pre-game coverage begins at 7.30 on Arizona Sports 98.7 and the Arizona Sports app. No number. There is no number. That was the best. <laughs> I mean, I don't necessarily love what just happened there. <laughs> don't think for a second, Mitch, that we're not listening to your updates because we are. You, you were... You got a little ahead of yourself there. You're reading the update. He already see in my face when he told me that. <laughs> yeah, number six, Arizona versus number. There's no number. There's no number for ASU. Uh, no, there's... no, just a smattering of votes from some guy named Bloomquist. Yeah, where's that guy? Like New Mexico or something yeah, like that? El Paso, or... I think. El Paso, He's Texas. Right in El Paso, and and I don't and know. He how... also voted our like. It's not like he mistook him because he had Arizona and Arizona State both ranked. Yeah. So it's not like he, you know, oh, he confused Arizona with Arizona State or Arizona State with Arizona. Like that didn't happen. No, if 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 that had happened. Then he all of his votes would have gone to ASU and he would have had none for U of A. Instead, he had both U of A and ASU. What, what do you have? ASU like ninth, I think. Yeah, ninth. Something and like we were that. even wondering if he meant to do Auburn, and I don't, we don't even think that was the case. Yeah, like trying to figure out from the like the drop down menu when you're choosing what team you're going to put in that spot. Who did he? I just want to know if he's related to Willie because then that would explain everything right. as far as Mister Bloomquist's decision. Bo Bloomquist, yeah, you, that's a surefire way to get your vote taken away from you if you're Bo mm. Bloomquist and you're related to Willie Bloomquist and you're voting for ASU when they shouldn't be voted for. I don't know what happened, but to Mitch's point. He was not wrong. There is no number next to ASU. The only number that we need to be cognitive of tonight is 45. That's how many points U of A beat ASU by when they played him about 10 days ago. That number is going to be on everybody's mind going into tonight's game to see if ASU can do better than that. Got him. Yeah. We welcome you back to the Burns and Gambo show here on Arizona Sports. Gambo working from home today. Uh, we're here at the Auction Community Studios. I remember this day a year ago, Gambo. It was the first time the NFL Players Association had done this thing where they had asked their players to grade their employer, grade the facilities, grade the food, grade the coach, grade the owner, grade the personal trainer, all of that stuff. And it was a bad day for the Cardinals. It was a really bad day for the Cardinals. They got just dinged all across the board. And there were people in this league, people who were fans, who could not believe some of the very seemingly like basic things you would expect the Cardinals to do for their players they weren't doing. It was a black eye for the organization. It was kind of a rough couple of weeks as they were dealing with the mess of that. Today, the second installment of those grades came out from the Players Association. They're still not great for the Cardinals, but it's obvious they took to heart some of the things that were said about them a year ago and they made some changes over there. Yeah, and they have to continue to work at it. I mean, there's no, you know, if you want to be a first-class organization, you know, you, you, you want to do the best you can for your players, for your fans, for your community, um, all of this stuff matters. Like, they're not last in the league. They got better, but it's very, like, it's weighted towards the head coach getting an A-. minus. You know, you take these 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 grades, and it's very heavily weighted towards the head coach getting an A minus and the training staff getting a B. The F's were ownership locker room were F's. Mm-hmm. The D's D or D plus was the treatment of families. 
the food in the cafeteria. Um, those are the only two. And they got better at nutrition and dietitian was a C, training room a C minus, weight room a C minus, strength coaches a C plus, team travel a C plus. Just continue to work and improve. You you know, you made some minor adjustments and some minor improvement, and that's that's a good thing. That's a good sign. Now continue to get better. Make sure that, you know, that should be your goal as an organization. Next year we wanna we wanna move up this. We wanna move up again. We wanna continue to be a first, we wanna be a first class organization. Yeah, the Cardinals weren't in the bottom five. I mean they were close, obviously, but they weren't in the bottom five. It was the Steelers, Patriots, Chargers, Chiefs, and Commanders. Uh, the president of the Players Association that, that kind of put on this this survey, uh, J.C. Treader, said the Cardinals made significant improvements after last year's report. They stopped charging for meals for their players. That was kind of one of those, wait, what? You're charging for meals? They changed the floor in the weight room. They added new weight room equipment. They created a small family room and started providing daycare at games on Sundays. Uh, J.C. Treader also went so far, and this is from Josh Weinfuss's Twitter account, uh, went so far as to say that they got word the Cardinals are redoing their locker room this year. And if that's the case, then yeah, again, you would expect. Now, ultimately, uh, you know, if we're really getting into the weeds here, uh, a, a newer building or a massively expanded building would go a long, long way towards helping things like this and making them even more attractive to players who want to come play here and for their organization's numbers and grades to go up. Like that building's been, you know, that building's been their headquarters for a long, long, long time. And while they have made some changes to it and some additions to it, there does come a certain point where you see like what Matt Ishbia did, where he comes in and Hey, the Suns and the Mercury have a beautiful facility right at the foot of Camelback Mountain. And he comes in and he's like, yep, nope, not enough. We're going to build something else right next to Footprint Center in downtown Phoenix. That's where the Mercury is going to be. That's where some of our offices are going to be. We're going to do this here, do that there. And not to compare everything the Suns do to what the Cardinals are doing, but that would be a nice next step, too, to at some point really make some serious inroads on either a new building or a different building so they can really expand and grow and make it even nicer than what they're trying to do now, for yeah, sure. Yeah, for, for those of us that are older, just think about the house you grew up in. Like, I think about the house I grew up in. They don't make houses like that anymore, okay? Times have changed. Things have changed. I mean, that that facility for the Cardinals, it did work 20 years ago. You know, it may not work now um, because things change. I mean, players change. Your needs change. Your needs change. You know, the, the needs for a home were different, you know, you know, when I was a kid growing up in the 70s than they are now, you know, so that that stuff's important. So I, I do see that, you know, a different facility somewhere else could be something in the works that, you know, we've been to that facility. Yes. I mean, not Many a whole times. lot of parking for nope. the players nope. and not a lot. I mean, you know, the, the plate, you got to go all over the place. It's, 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 it's not, it's, it's okay. It's okay. But they could do a lot better. And maybe that's, that's where you go because you're right. That's, that's the future. I mean, Robert Sarver started it with the new practice facility. Matt Ishby has taken it to another level. You're always trying to, you know, upgrade your facilities. And again, that draws more players to want to come play for you when you've got top facilities. For sure. No doubt about it. Um, uh, this is Jonathan Gannon yesterday talking about the changes that he's seen with the organization since last year's report card. Truthfully, um, when I got on a job, a lot of those things that were in the works to get adjusted was not Monier and I. That was Michael. 
he was adjusting to some of those things, uh, making improvements, doing, hey, I want to do this, 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 and this. Great. You know what I mean? Does it help the players? Yeah, all right, let's do it. So he had a lot of that going on before I even got on the job. And then when I got on the job, Monty and I were like, okay, you know, we could use this, we could use this. Let's set this up a little bit better. It makes it better for the players. Michael says, great, do it. Um, so he's he's been fantastic. I think uh, I don't know how that gets scored. I don't know how that gets distributed. I don't know who takes that. Um, but I think that you'll see that our players were very pleased with how they were served in 2023. Uh, in some categories, yes. In others, not so yeah. much. Based off of the grades, anyway. No, uh, listen. I think the obvious is that you know the you know you don't have to pay for food anymore, but the food may not be any good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? Hey. Right? Yeah. 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 I'm just thinking of the Sugar Hill saying, you know, the, the food, the food ain't no good. And it ain't like, remember that Sugar, the Sugar Hill gang lyrics? <laughs> oh, you, boy, you just, oh, you touched the nerve with Lauren. She's in there bebopping along now to those. Go ahead, Lauren. What do you got? I can wrap all 12 minutes of that. Oh, my song. God. Can you give me the, can you give me the food take? The food one? When he went to the, when he went to the when guy's house. When you go house to your friend's dinner? house? He went to the friend's house, house for to dinner. to eat, but the food just ain't no good. I said the macaroni soggy, the peas are mush, and the chicken tastes like wood. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> bravo, bravo, bellissimo, bellissimo. Bravo, Lauren. Bravo. <laughs> that, was, that was, oh, my goodness. Bravo, oh my goodness. Lauren. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's good stuff. That is, that is impressive. That, I mean, give me one more time. Give me one more time. One more time. One more time. I think you're being greedy. I'm I really, being greedy. I'm really I, showing off again that I am once again an old man. Give it to me one more time. Come on, one more time. One more time. Give me, come on. Come on. I don't know if I can recreate the magic. <laughs> but you can do the whole song? Can do the whole song. The whole thing. Whole thing. So like you could do the bang bang the boogie to the beat beat it's that, that one up jump the boogie to the boogie of the boogie the beat oh my God. <laughs> a hip hop the hippie the hippie to the hip hop and you don't stop don't stop the rocking till the bang bang boogie say up jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie the beat Ooh. wow what wow. what are we doing here what why are we just not making a daily segment of you wow it's fantastic okay. Okay, if you can follow this one, I'll be very surprised. Well, I'm imp the dimp, the ladies pimp, the women fight for my delight. Well, I'm not sure anybody wants to follow that, Gambo. <laughs> the grand man. We oh all like our God. jobs around here. Be careful. <laughs> we all want to stay employed, Gambo. Be careful. Be, oh, be, this, it's a song. It's be, the Sugar Hill. That doesn't oh, mean we can. So hey, have you seen the lyrics to some of these songs? That doesn't mean we can go sing whatever we want just because it's a song, you know? All right. Just choose all your right. words very, very carefully here, Gamble. All right. The, all bottom li- the bottom line is they the food is free, <laughs> and it may not be good, but at least it's free. Uh, we'll see what the grades are next year. When we come back here on the Burns and Gambo show, the Phoenix Suns have... One roster spot left, and a deadline looms to fill it if they want to go outside the organization. Will they fill it by going outside the organization, and how are they going to fill that roster spot? We'll give you the latest next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Stay with us. Hey, it's your old pal Jarrett, otherwise known as Handsome Jay. The Suns finally return to the court tomorrow night. And will Bradley Beal, Bradley Heal, enough to play? We'll talk about it tomorrow on Bickley Murata Mornings at 6 a.m. on Arizona Sports. All right, back here on the Burns and Gambo Show. The deadline is March 1st. 
If a player is a free agent or their contract was bought out or waived, they can sign with another team. However, players must sign with their new team by March 1st to be eligible for the postseason. Today is February 28th. Tomorrow is not March 1st. Tomorrow is February 29th. It's a leap what? year. Yeah. What's it's February 29th? February 29th. Your birthday falls on February 9th for 29th. Congratulations. Tomorrow's your... Good thing my son was born a day earlier because today's his birthday. Uh, yeah, well, that's why he went to Bad Bunny last night, right? Celebrate that's right. That. Yeah. yeah. Um, so one more day. Now, this feels like a little bit of an artificial deadline. Uh, I know you got asked a question about a player who's likely to get bought up by the Pistons. I'll, I'll let you kind of spill the beans on that one and what you expect to happen. It, it doesn't feel like there is a pending move out there for the Phoenix Suns, but let's talk about this for a few minutes. They've got a roster spot. The deadline is coming up on Friday. Do we expect them to do anything outside of the organization to add to their roster? I don't. I don't expect that they will do that, um, but they are going to, you know, obviously look. The the player that uh, whose name came up was Mike Mascala, um, who was reported that he was going to get bought out. And a couple people said, you know, maybe not reporting it, but saying, hey, this could be a, a good guy for the Suns. Um, but the Suns are not interested in him, so I had to break out the Don't Fear the Reaper on that one. Okay. They're waiting on the last roster spot. They're not going to do anything until, you know, until the, the right to the wire to see if anybody else becomes available. What I will say to you is the most likely option for them is they just convert Saban Lee. That's the most likely option that I see. I don't think there's any point guards that they really like. I don't think there's any bigs out there that they really want. So I would say to you, unless somebody else comes becomes available that I don't, that I don't know, Right now, I would think the likeliest option is uh, is Saban Lee. Yeah, and that's and that's kind of what I was alluding to. I, I wasn't super interested in Mascala. Um, yeah, some people were. Some yeah, people did some, like him. Some people liked him and, and thought, you know, as a as a big who can shoot, that maybe he would have a role and and he would fit. Um, but that one, that name didn't move the needle very much for me when it comes to the Suns. It, it, at this point, unless there's a surprise, a name that we're not expecting, a name that, you know, that, that happens at the last minute, and surely you would expect that it would happen tomorrow so that person could be on somebody else's roster by March 1st. It would appear, yeah, not only for Saban Lee, but that the roster is mostly set. And while I would agree, they were all waiting for Bradley Beal to come back healthy, and the Suns aren't really complete or whole until he does. When he does, I feel like this roster, with the addition of Royce O'Neal and Thaddeus Young, is about as good as it can be. Like, I'm very, very happy with the work that James Jones and Josh Bartlestein and, and the crew over there have done in the weeks, you know, around the trade deadline in terms of adding the talent that they did. I'm, I'm very happy with how aggressive they were. I'm aggressive. I'm, I'm happy with what they've added. And I feel like when they're whole and when they're healthy, they've got options to really be versatile and play all different kinds of styles of basketball out there. Yeah, it, we, we've t- like they added the like we wanted you wanted some insurance. I think Thaddeus Young is a perfect insurance policy. I don't think Royce O'Neal is. I think Royce O'Neal is he's going to play because he's good. Um, he gives them that that three and D wing type of guy. But I think that Thaddeus Young, you had talked a lot about this. Like, just give me give me another give me another. You got a veteran player, a lot of playoff experience, knows how to play. 
doesn't need a lot of minutes. If, if they're there, great. If not, he'll just do whatever he can to help the team. That was the insurance policy. One roster spot open. There's nobody that they're looking at right now that's, that they'd be like, okay, this is the guy we got to get. You know, so I, I you know, Mescal is not the guy. I, I, I Again, they'll, they'll take it right down to the wire to see if anybody else becomes available. But in the end, I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being Saban Lee. Yeah, and, and good for Saban if it is. Saban has been a guy that, you know, obviously we had him on the show yesterday. His playing time has come kind of sporadically. It feels like he's gotten more as of late because of the Bradley Beal injury. Uh, and, and in those kind of non-Devin Booker minutes, it's nice, I think, to have Saban Lee out there to kind of run the show a little bit and be that point guard to maybe relieve Kevin Durant of some of those playmaking duties and some of the things that he might have to do. So, I, you know, once Bradley Beal comes back, I don't think Saban Lee gets much run at all. But he has been, he's been a good find by the Phoenix Suns. Again, sporadic with his playing time, but I think he's got enough in there that he's kind of shown his value, and I hope he gets it. It'd be pretty cool if he did. Yeah, and sometimes you just, you know, you reward players. And, you know, there are guys that, that can practice, you know, being a point guard you know when when you don't have that traditional guy i mean there's some value to the way you practice with him there's some value to having a you know because you're going to go up against guys that are traditional point guards in the playoffs so having a guy like that is a value of you even even in practice right guys that play hard and practice hard bring value yeah frank vogel yesterday giving us the update on bradley beal i'll give you the official designation here in a moment but this is what he said yesterday about bradley beal's health with his hamstring he did some of the no contact stuff as well uh make progress you know i see him getting shots and he's making movements but that's far from playing an actual game so then you say progress with and more more sprint work i mean there's this quick twitch stuff which is uh he participated in some of the shelton fence and all that stuff half court uh and then there's the full court sprinting where you you know you're stretching out your legs um and your stride um so that's where he was having you know some discomfort still uh but he's making progress what do you need to see next couple of days that would make you confident to put him out there it's not about me i gotta you know where he's at with uh, his pain reporting, you know, and discomfort, how much he's still feeling with the increased work. And then, you know, with increased work, how does it feel? How does it respond the next day? Right, which will be the case for tomorrow, and then tomorrow's work into Thursday. He and Eric Gordon are officially listed as questionable for tomorrow's game against the Houston Rockets. Uh, the fact that he's still feeling a little discomfort in the hamstring concerns me. I'm not a doctor, obviously. I talk, I talk on the radio for a living, but it concerns me that what was thought to be a pretty minor deal, and he had the whole all-star break off to kind of rehab that injury, that he's still feeling a little discomfort in the hamstring. Hamstrings can be very pesky. We all know that. Um, A major concern, no, but I would put this one down as slightly concerning that here we are a week later after having a week off and he's still feeling some discomfort in that hamstring gambo. Put me down as a little concern for that. I would think that it's trending where it's not looking good right now. Like I would think like right now, based on that information. Now, again, I usually check the day of. I don't care about the day before reports. Uh, the day of is what matters. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we report on stuff like that, we usually wait to the, the, the day of. But we get information up. You know, player's going to miss two games and hopefully be back for a certain time. We'll do that. Um, but I would think that it's not trending good right now for him. And I also look at the teams you're playing. Like you should beat Houston without him. To be honest with you, so how much does that factor into the decision by James Jones and Frank Vogel to say okay? I know you need these games, but it is the Rockets. It's not the Oklahoma City we're playing. Yeah. Or Minnesota or Boston. So 
Let's make sure that he's right for those games. Yeah, that, boy, normally I would agree with you, and then they went out and lost to Houston without him, you know? Right, and, right, right I know. And, and, and so normally I would say, yeah, you're right. You could probably be Houston without Bradley Beal. And, and I, I think... I think they will be very, very motivated tomorrow night against Houston after what happened last week. I, I, I really do. Now it's it's you know it's hard. They're playing three games against Houston in the span of about nine days. That's a really tough draw for both teams. You know, it's going to be hard for Houston to. It's hard to beat one team three times in that short of a time span. It's going to be hard for Houston to do it. It's 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 just a weird kind of quirk of the schedule. You're right though about one thing. If the idea is he's still feeling a little discomfort. If you want to think to yourself, if you're the Suns, you go, okay, Houston, we can probably manage. Houston a second time on Saturday, we can probably manage. Again, starting on Sunday, the hammer falls for this schedule. Oklahoma City, then it's Denver. Then it's two games against Boston. There's Cleveland in there. They got a little bit of a gimme against Toronto. But those are their next six games after these back-to-back games against the Houston Rockets. You want to make sure you got Bradley Beal ready for that stretch right there. Well, I would just worry about the Toronto coach offering free pizza. (laughs) <laughs> because when when he tells his team, if you guys win free pizza, they respond. They do. They, they do. Did. Well, you, they well, won a game last week because the coach was like, "Hey, you know what? If we, pizza on me, if you guys win this game." And they went out and they won. Yeah. Uh, just real quick um, before we take it to a break, um, Lauren is getting love all over social media for the fact that she was able to, off the top of her head rap that song the way she did. She said very first rap song. She says she could do all 12 minutes if she had to. Wow. Um, so I'm going to go round the horn here on the Burns and Gambo show. One song that your life depended upon you getting the words right without oh, this cheating. Is this is absolutely great. What would be the one song where if I said to you, you have to get the words right without cheating, what would be the ones? Lauren would... Would Sugar Hill be yours, or would it be a different one? <clears throat> 12 minutes seems like a lot of pressure to put on myself to sing flawlessly, uh-huh. but I, I could do it. You could do it. I could do it. Your life depends on it. You could do the whole 12 minutes and not get a single word wrong the whole way through. Yeah. Okay. Mitch? Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. Wow. Guaranteed. You could do it. 100%. Okay. Gambo? There's two okay. that I know by heart. One is American Pie by Don McLean. That's a hard one. Know every word. That, I could do American Pie with Gamble. You know, I could do it. You could do American Pie. Okay, yeah. And the other, the devil went down to Georgia. He was looking for a soul to steal. He was in a bind because <laughs> he was way behind. He was willing to make a deal. When he came across this young man sewing on a fiddle and playing it hot, and the devil jumped upon a hickory stump and said, boy, let me tell you what. I guess you didn't know it, but I'm a fiddle player, too. And if you care to take a dare, I'll make a bet with you. Now, you play a pretty good fiddle, boy, but give the devil his due. I better fiddle a goal against your soul because I think I'm better than you. Wow. All right. All right. That's fantastic. I know that song by heart. I have nothing in front of me. I could do that by heart. Uh, well, that's all point, right? Like this, this is yeah. a question that shows up on social media, and some people answer it like, "Oh, happy birthday!" I could sing "Happy Birthday." <laughs> that doesn't count. Um, I could sing "Piano Man" by Billy Joel, word for word. I, I don't need. It's nine o'clock on a Saturday. The regular crowd shuffles in. There's an old man sitting next to me. He's making love to his tonic and gin. He says, "Son, can you play me a memory?" Yeah, I, I, that's that's the one I could do. 
guaranteed word for word and never have to cheat, not even once. Yeah, I think Wolf could do that one, too. Piano Man? And he's talking with Davey, who's still, still in, in the, the basin, <laughs> who's still in the basin, and probably will be for life. <laughs> and she's buying a stairway to the basin. Uh, all right, Gambo, we're going to uh, bid you adieu because you're going to go to a baseball game. We're going to handle these last couple of segments. Oh, thank you. Of thank the show you. I'm going to go see Q play. So go, go watch Q play. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, Frank Vogel. Known for being a defensive-minded head coach. One of his star players is playing really good defense. One of his star players isn't. We'll talk about that next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Hey, it's Jarrett. Bickley and Murata will be live from Salt River Fields tomorrow talking Diamondbacks. Tune in at 6 a.m. tomorrow on Bickley and Murata Mornings. You hump? There's an old man sitting next to me. He's making love to his tonic engine. I put it out on social media, by the way. Just curious to see what responses we get. Uh, Lauren, <laughs> well, what's so funny? Are we, are we no, I just saw one in our mentions from Alex Meeks. Tequila? Tequila. Tequila! My favorite one is the video that goes around of there's a guy at karaoke night doing tequila, and he's just standing there like this, still holding the microphone down, and then tequila, and then goes back to holding it down. <laughs> See, that's a cheat, though. The question is, one song, life depends on it. You could do word for word, not cheating. My, this is mine. I could, I could do this one. I've, Challenge yourselves, people. I've, I've, Come on. I've sung along to this song so many times, I've lost track. I could just do it like an autopilot. Uh, Lauren went with Rapper's Delight. Uh, Mitch went with Bohemian Rhapsody. Gambo, who we've released a little early from the Burns and Gambo show today so he could go to his kid's baseball game, um, said Devil went down to Georgia, and he proved it by just, you know, just belting out in a just terribly off-key performance. But still, word for word, he nailed it. Um, Devil went down to Georgia. And he also said he could do American Pie, which I think, in Lauren's nod her head, I, that's, that to me is a hard one. That's a long song. Another long song that I picked, but I know that I could do it. And I trust Gambo. Uh, no, I, Gam- Gambo I, I think Gambo could do it. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he could. So you can respond. Um, I tweeted it out there. I asked the question, what would be the one song? And try, you know, tequila, okay, happy birthday, whatever. But try to, the spirit of the question for which it was intended. Please, please see what you can do. All right. So um, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. And the news coming down from Sham Sharania that, and this shouldn't surprise anybody, but it's still, you know, nice reaffirmation for what the Suns are doing and what they have in Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. USA Basketball, their recent discussion with their stakeholders about the Olympics in Paris later this year, they're kind of talking about what the core of that team is going to look like. There were reports that surfaced today that Drew Holiday was going to make the team. Um, according to an expanded story now from Sham Sharania, uh, Drew Holiday, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Steph Curry, Joel Embiid, and Jason Tatum are the expected core of Team USA barring injury. Now, pretty cool. The Suns have two of them. I'm not going to lie to you. That's, you know, I'm sure in Boston they're feeling the same way about Drew Holiday and Jason Tatum. It's it's cool. Other names 
Anthony Edwards are being kicked. You know, Ty- Tyrese Halliburton's being kicked around. They were two members of the World Cup team. They're under strong consideration as well. Bam Adebayo, Anthony Davis. But when you're talking about the core, like the core group, you're talking about KD, LeBron, Steph, Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum, Book, and Drew Holiday. That's awesome. Um, on the flip side of things, two different stories today about Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. And I'm curious, to since, since it's the three of us now talking here on Burns and Gambo. One story was from Jake Fisher on Yahoo in which it talked about Kevin Durant's defensive focus this year. His his rim defense, how much better his defense is. You know, like if, like if I'm guarding Mitch and Mitch shoots 49%, when Kevin Durant guards Mitch, Mitch shoots 43%. Like, and he's like one of the best in the league at that. He's got one of the best numbers in the league at that. Devin Booker, in the meantime, according to a story Gambo sent me, his defensive numbers, his analytics have been very, very poor this year, according to the numbers. Are we surprised that Devin Booker's numbers, that poor even than they were a year ago when he was kind of league average on all this stuff? Has, so, has Devin Booker regressed defensively this year? I was trying to think through how I wanted to approach what I was going to say, and I'm going to take the route of a little bit more optimism with our good vibes only here on the show. I'm curious if this particular grade and these percentiles improve now that this roster is structured the way it is. Adding in Royce O'Neal, we haven't seen Thaddeus Young yet, we haven't seen David Roddy yet, but structuring it in a way that has been different than what the majority of the season has been, because... Honestly, the defense overall for most of the year has not been great. But coming out of the All-Star break, and maybe I'm just looking at this from a betting analytics angle, there's a lot of unders early on out of the All-Star break, which which to me leans as less scoring and maybe a little higher emphasis on defense from some of these teams now that they've really gotten into the most important part of the season. Like, you need to win these games now, and you're not always going to win them with offense. Maybe there's a higher emphasis on defense now as they approach the So you're run. using like almost like a gambling sort of, like the, the unders have been hitting a little bit more, which is kind of suggesting that maybe teams are giving a darn a little bit more about defense than they, because now, well, now it's time to get serious about it, right? Okay, now, mess, horse... Horse play time is over. It's time to get down to business. Time to play defense. We've got the playoffs to get ready for. Let's let's lock it down and let's tighten up the loose screws. Something along those lines. Well, to compare saying? it to the Bucks, the coaching change they made after they installed Doc Rivers as their new head man, offense stayed relatively the same, maybe went down a bit, but the defense went way up in terms of that level of performance because with Adrian Griffin, they were one of the worst defenses yeah. in the league. Now with Dawkins, they've really re-emphasized what was a big staple of theirs in those years that they had Mike Budenholzer as head coach. The story came from Bright Side of the Sun, and in it they they bring up numbers about you know how he defends passing lanes. Talking about Booker now, how he defends passing lanes, how he defends his number of deflections, the number of time he contests three pointers. I I would think Lauren, I test wise without using these numbers. It looks to me like Devin Booker's defense, and he was kind of league average in most of this stuff a year ago, which is all we've ever really wanted from Devin Booker defensively, right? Like we've never, I don't think we've ever had any like grand illusions of, oh, he's going to be this like lockdown, super great defender. As long as you're league average and you're doing that's fine. That's good enough. The eye test 
has told me all year long that he's kind of taken a step back defensively this year. And I also think when you go and you put a big three together that is so offensively driven, like Bradley Beal and Kevin yeah. Durant, Devin Booker, you're not signing these guys because you go, wow, we need defense. Let's go out and get a core three like this. No, you expect stellar offense from them. And if they're putting together games like we've seen that they can, especially recently, then you can sort of lay off the defense a little bit. But to your point about the eye test. I do think you've seen Devin Booker take more of a focus towards his offensive prowess away from his defensive. Yeah, I, I I feel exactly the same. Like I I feel like Devin Booker. I it, I swear this is going to sound like I'm making an excuse for him, and I, I'm not trying to sound like that at all. But I do think Devin Booker has had more on his plate this year he's had to deal with because of point book and no Chris Paul and kind of being the expected initiator that it's not a terrible surprise that his defensive numbers have taken a little bit of a step back. What I'm hoping for, to Mitch's point, that as this team gets a little closer, and I would agree with all of you, by the way, like this team is going to win because of their offense. As long as their defense is okay, they're going to win because they've got three of the best offensive players in the NBA, two in particular who are among two of the top six, seven, five, ten, wherever you want to put them, offensive players in the NBA. As we get closer to the playoffs, will that version of Devin Booker defensively, the one that we we were really impressed by him last year and the year before, even during the run of the finals, like, man, he's really playing his butt off out there. Will that version of him defensively make a reappearance as we get closer to the postseason? Because if it does, then you can start to see how, like to Mitch's point, time to tighten up the loose screws a little bit here and let's make this push, right? That's the time to do it. That's exactly why a team like Dallas, I feel like, has gotten the best of Phoenix. They've got quick guards. They can beat them around. You need to be in front of them, especially Luka. I mean, even Kyrie now. You need to get in front of him. And the Suns' inability to sort of put their foot down defensively, a team like Dallas scares me. Yeah, The bar is not high when it comes to Devin Booker and his defense. And I don't mean that disparagingly. It's, but it's not. It's, it, it doesn't it doesn't need to clear a high bar defensively. What he did last year would more than suffice. When we come back here on the Burns and Gambo show, Sans Gambo, who's on his way to his kids' baseball game, uh, the Arizona Cardinals, very young at the cornerback position, and if there were a position for them to spend this year in free agency, it would seem like the secondary is the place. The question is, will they? We'll talk about a name that's out there next on the Burns and Gambo show. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? All right, what's on tonight? The games that we are going to watch this evening brought to you by Global Credit Union. 12 branches here to serve you. Become a member today at globalcu.org. The last installment, the latest installment, if you should, uh, I should say, of Arizona and Arizona State men's basketball is tonight, 8 o'clock, the final time they'll meet in the regular season this year. They met just, I don't know, what, 10 days ago. Maybe they meet up in the Pac-12 tournament. We see, but as far as the regular season goes, this is it tonight as ASU looks to avenge a 45, 45 point loss. Was it? I, I don't remember. I have, on, I have no idea how many, the, and by I mean how many to the state of the Sun Devil podcast here at ArizonaSports.com. Don't tell me you don't know that number off the I'm exaggerating. Yeah. I'd like to forget it, though. 45 points loss from about 10 days ago. That game starts at 8 o'clock tonight. You'll hear it here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. And uh, once again, a, a plea 
to the Pac-12 Network. Hey, on your way out the door, just give us all a code. Yeah, if you can't watch it, you can always listen to it for free yes, right you here. Can. Yes, you, I know management would very much want me to remind you, hey, if you can't watch the game, you can listen to it here on Arizona Sports. But just saying, I will not. I feel bad for people who are losing gigs because of the Pac-12 Network. Let me just say that. But I will not miss. This has not been fun the last few There's a lot of Pac-12-related things that will not be missed whatsoever. I will will not miss this. I will not miss trying to figure out, hey, how am I going to watch the game tonight on the Pac-12 Network? Uh, That's what's on tonight. Plus, there are a few few NBA games. Um, Most of them are just getting underway. But I can tell you, Dallas is at Toronto tonight. That's one to keep an eye on. The Pelicans are at Indiana tonight. That one is one to keep an eye on. The Sacramento Kings are at Denver tonight. That one's to keep an eye on. The Lakers are taking on the Clippers. Those are your four NBA games to kind of keep an eye on tonight. All right, let me preface this. Uh, and if you're looking for Gambo, we sent him home. Well, he already was home. We sent him off the show a little bit early so he could go watch his kid play baseball uh, tonight. Um, put this one under the, I think we all think it's highly unlikely to happen but it's interesting to think about it. The Chiefs have granted cornerback Legereus Sneed permission to seek a trade. The anticipation is that they're going to tag him if they haven't tagged him already. Um, but they also have given him permission to go out and seek a trade. It's very, it's very common for teams to tag players and then kind of pull back the, the tag and then trade them ultimately if some team comes up and says, hey, I'll give you a second-round pick for him or I'll give you a first and a third for him or whatever. Legereus Sneed is going to get paid, paid, paid. He was one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL last year, but the Kansas City Chiefs probably have decided they can they can move on without him, replace him, because they've got so many salary cap concerns with Patrick Mahomes. Um, the Cardinals naturally come up as a place where he could land. Please, it, it's I okay. Please. You say that, but it's a lot of money for one guy, and you're not one guy away. And it's, sure. dra- it's draft picks. It's, you know, we talk about... Well, depending these- on how they tag him, right? Like, if you compare well, it to the Lamar Jackson situation, when he was tagged, you paid two firsts to get him. And yes, the Cardinals have two firsts, but I do not want to go that route if it means getting LeJarrius no, Sneed. And, and, and the Cardinals wouldn't necessarily have to give up two firsts to give up LeJarrius yeah. you, you can It's one you, this year, one next well, year. Well, yeah. But you can make a, diff- a separate arrangement where you say, okay, we're not going to demand two firsts from you. Like D. Ford got tagged and traded. It was like a first and a third. Uh-huh. Uh, Frank Clark, I think, was a second. There, It doesn't have to be two first-round picks. But I guarantee you it's going to be one of either your first your two first rounders or your second that you're going to have to give up. So it's 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 at least one of those and a cornerback who's probably starting at about 20 million dollars a year. Is it it's vital that they get a guy at that position, but is it that vital that they give up all those assets for a team that had four wins last year? I know you you got to start improving the roster. And you got to start bringing talent on the roster. No one denies that. And like they need to improve this position. And I would love to see a veteran versus no disrespect to Cooper DeGene, Nate Wiggins, Kenyon Mitchell, Terry Honor, Kool-Aid McKinstry. Legarius Sneed is a veteran. Like he he's very very experienced and he would be great for this defense. I can't imagine they're gonna do it, but boy, I can see how it's tempting. That's gonna do it for us. We are out of here. We'll see you tomorrow. Straight up two o'clock right here on the Burns and Gambo show. Everybody have a good night. You're still here? It's over.
Go home. Go. 